only when you, you, you decide that I agree with my brother, or like Moses said, one will put to flight a thousand and two put to flight ten thousand. It's not only when we agree and we say that we are now compassed about by the enemies of our soul. So maybe we go to Second um, Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 and 5 and we say that we are, we, the, 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 the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, casting out imaginations and things that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. So sometimes we think that only when we do that then Satan is under siege. No, but we can take through preaching of the gospel we are actually taking the battle to the enemy. Hallelujah. And there are other ways by which the gospel or the preaching of the gospel actually hurts the enemy. And maybe it can even hurt the enemy the more than just having a prayer meeting. Many of us believe that when I have a prayer meeting and I uh, the, the, the other time I saw this week um, a, a church I said they, they, they said they, every um, young lady who wanted to marry or something had to get a machete, a, 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 a cutlass and come and you know, face the enemy why they are not getting married. They have to really come and destroy the enemy who was taking away their marriages. And people maybe resort to stones that okay, the enemy of our souls is, uh, is, is over there. We all agree that he's over there. We all throw our stones and hit. So the one who has the biggest stone and then throws it farthest reaches the enemy most. And people believe that if they do that, spiritually they are winning. Hallelujah. And people are devised all sorts of means. Some people believe that if you have um, 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 lemon or something like something which is bitter and you throw it or use it against the enemy of your soul, you win more victories. And there have been strategies that have been put together. Some people also believe that if you, if you, if you are coming to a prayer meeting and we all decide that because we are at war, we all wear red bands or we wear red hand bands to show that we and the enemy are at war, then we may be winning a lot more. Hallelujah. So people have come up with all kinds of ideas as to how we can take the battle to the enemy. And um, some believe also that there are specific people who are causing their downfall. So if they can target those people, maybe quarrel with those individuals who are causing their downfall, they will, be, they will win the battle. But tonight, I want to share with you a power which is greater than most all of these things. Amen. And it's the power of witnessing. Many years ago, when I was a student, and we used to live at Laboni, after sixth form, and we came home, I just felt, in those days, and then what I'm saying, I've captured it in my book, um, My Journey with the Charismatics. And I spoke about the fact that when I came home, I was looking around Laboni area. In those days, the atmosphere, every territory, every area has an atmosphere. And the atmosphere is ruled by principalities. Hallelujah. There are some atmospheres which are ruled by principalities of poverty. And people cannot rise above a certain level of success. There are some atmospheres that are ruled by the spirit of violence. A city like Johannesburg, there is a strong spirit of violence. And sometimes people who may be harmless, 
just enter into that atmosphere and that spirit catches up with them. And when they are even violent, they don't find anything wrong. There are atmospheres where the spirit of sorcery, witchcraft, idolatry, is so common. A city like uh, 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 Louisiana, uh, um, uh, New Orleans, you don't need to be a fetish priest to, 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 to enter there because the Haitians have dominated the city. And all their shops, all their territories, everything they do, is, is, in fact, their celebrations. They have a big festival around any time around, um, uh, it's called what? Um, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. And everybody goes and you are caught in this uh, mood of just trying to be extremely vulgar. It's a competition of being vulgar. And, and I, basically, it's about idolatry. How the idolatry you can, it's a week long or so of drunkenness, vain, wild life. And it's known for that. Another city that you can talk about, a principality and power that rules, is San Francisco. It's where all this gay and lesbian and all this freedom is our goal type of mind. All the movements that are rebelling against society, mostly they start from San Francisco. And it has the highest suicidal rate in the world. There's no city that people commit suicide more than San Francisco. There is a, there's a bridge called the Golden Gate Bridge. And every year, and now I think they try to bar people from going to stand there. But every year, if you want to see people who want to commit suicide, they go on a suicide tour. They travel purposely to go and commit suicide at the, in San Francisco. A spirit of death is very strong there, of suicidal death. It's very strong. And the spirit of liberty, libertine, you know, worldly drunkenness, you know, uh, 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 hedonism. What they call hedonism. A hedonist is somebody who likes worldliness, entertainment. They can club from Monday to Sunday and club again. They can be always drunk, always party, 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 like that. And another, I mean, they, 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 they just, in the worldly sense, they say they are enjoying life. But in reality, they are following the spirit of hedonism and epicureanism, just living for fun, living for pleasure. And a place like San Francisco, you can, if it's very difficult to be a Christian. So in a, place, a city like that, even churches, pastors are there who say that we, we support gay, we support lesbian. We, we have sermons, we have members who are openly gay and they are elders, they are deacons, some of them are pastors. They are okay with it because the spirit has caught that city. So every city, every territory has its powers that influence there. Hallelujah. But, and the way to combat these forces, even though prayer combats the forces, one effective way of combating these forces is through evangelism. And when I was growing up in Laboni, the spirit of hedonism, entertainment, was very predominant. Every corner of our area had a clubhouse, a club. What is now in Lone Restaurant used to be called Babylon. It was called Babylon. And they used to have dancing competitions there. And all the young people from the city of Accra, they used to gather there. And they would come. And for days, for weeks, it was a major place. 
Then across the street, in Dankwa Circle area there, was uh, Black Caesar's Palace. Black Caesar's Palace. It was wild. And many other such places. Dankwa Circle, when you go down small, you see Keteke, what is now called uh, Citizen Coffee. Up there. That, that same spot was called Keteke. And it was wild. They used to have the Abbey Road boys and all these boys, gangs of people who meet at night and fight with knives and, you know, all the violence that they could exert over maybe girls, over control of a over street and things like that. So, many of the people who were engaged in this were our neighbors. So, when, we, when I finished sixth form, I was very burdened about the spirit of the atmosphere. And there was a place we, near, um, uh, what do you call it? The ch- former churches. The Calvert there, that big, we used to call it Ajekum Bridge. And that place was the place that most of the young boys used to gather and they would just smoke weed. Or weed. And they, at that time, cocaine wasn't popular. <laughs> but it was weed. And they would just gather and smoke cigarettes or smoke weed and people would gather there. So we were very, some of us were very concerned. We said, Lord, what will you do? What can we do about this situation? And it is based on that we started praying that the Lord led us to start the fellowship. We became Laboni Cantonment's fellowship. Hallelujah. But it wasn't just the fact that we were binding and losing the powers in the atmosphere. Because I don't think that many of us were the kind of prayer warriors who could go 30 days fasting, 40 days. And the main power that God used was the power of witnessing. Many people were intimidated. In the morning, we started having dumb broadcasts. We go into street by street. Sometimes our lives were under threat. Did you understand why you had to come and preach at dawn? I remember once a guy took a crowbar. You know a crowbar? One day, I think it's for carpenters. Eh? He came and he said, if we continue preaching and disturbing his sleep, he will come at us. Some of them will release dogs. But because of the power of witnessing, we had door to door every week, regularly, with time. We didn't talk to the city authorities to close Babylon. But Babylon closed. Black Caesars over time also closed. All the clubs and all the places closed. The very wild guys who were leading all these troubles, many of them started getting converted. Some moved from the area, some too got converted. Eventually, the area changed. Now we have restaurants. We don't have nightclubs in the community as they used to be. Now we have churches. We started having other spiritual activities, other fellowships, other groups started coming up. People that their parents thought were very wild now began to join Christian singing groups. Some of them started going to churches like Action and breaking the family protocol. They will be Catholics, and then they go to a church like that, ICGC. They started going to uh, Victory, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, 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 Grace Outreach Church with uh, Brother Esel uh, um, and others like that. So the witnessing power of the gospel is able to break the power 
of darkness over any territory. Say amen. Amen. Sometimes when you think about it, it's unimaginable. This scripture that we read shows it. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus entered a territory and the area was called the area of the Gadarenes. Hallelujah. And in that area, he says there was a man who was operating in the tombs. He was filled with unclean spirits. And he was breaking shackles and all of that. But before Jesus could even do anything, his presence attracted these powers. And this man responded. When the preaching is going on, you don't realize the power of the preaching. The power of the message. Paul said to the Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. I can't explain why there's such power in the gospel. I don't think you can also explain. But it is true. And we have seen it. Sometimes, if I don't know how many of us have watched Nico Cruz and uh, his, uh, uh, the, 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 how he got converted, David Wilkinson. Nicky Cruz was a, 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 a robber and a gang leader in New York. And how David Wilkinson, through the power of witnessing, these were people that whenever, they, I mean, they were just rejoicing and competing over drug control in parts of New York. But a young man called David Wilkinson, who, was, who, who died not, recently, not, not too long ago, he was a preacher, through power of witnessing, difficult as Nicky Cruz and his gang's men were, was able to reach out to them, and the gang culture was broken. Say amen. Sometimes when we look at people, young people, who seem to have lost it, many of us give up. Or people who are into occultism, many of us, we look at, when you are about to preach to somebody, and the person tells you, oh, me, I'm a Rastafarian. The first thing you do is you already say it's forgiven, forgotten. Or if they tell you that they are Muslim. I've been, I've, I've, I've been in that situation before. And some, even as a pastor, it's not easy. When you, some, you are about to preach to somebody, and immediately you only share the word of God, and they tell you that, oh, ask for me. Or you see their dreadlocks. And you see that they don't have time. You are intimidated. How many of us are bold? Many of us, well, sometimes we want to, you are, you are about to reach out. We got, we, even when we are having outreach, and you see somebody who is on dreadlocks, real dreadlocks, not somebody who has plait uh, plate hair, mesin. not the, the cornrow. The cornrow, that's artificial. But you know this one, he has intentionally decided that he wants to be a worshiper of, of Hill Salas. And he lives on weed. Some people just do it for fun, or for fashion. I'm not talking about those people. Talking about somebody who has decided that I want to follow Hale Salasi. And all his colors are red, gold, green, and black. He wears nothing but that. And believes in their philosophies. And he has studied them. I have a classmate like that. Somebody whose father was a top international journalist. He has decided that he wants to only sell that. Preaching to such people is not easy. But the power of the gospel. They get to a point and they themselves, they surrender. Hallelujah. Because the gospel has power. And you ask how it happens. I'm going to show you why the gospel is able to break I mean, the powers of darkness and take the battle to the enemy's gate. Amen.
Jesus demonstrated this thing. There are four key things, areas of the battle that I want us to engage. Number one is in the message. The battle and the victory is in the message. The content of the message. The reason why many of us are not experiencing the power is that we haven't fully comprehended the message and what the message is supposed to do. And I'll explain to you shortly. Number two, way of experiencing the power of the gospel or witnessing is in the, is the channel or the institution. The power is in the channel. The church has been endued not in CFCC, but the body of Christ has a certain power that we ourselves cannot imagine. We are custodians of a certain power, a certain message, and I will show you in the scriptures. If the people of the church know the power they carry, it will make a difference. Because the, the, the institution of the church is empowered to bring the power to the door of the enemy. Number three is the weapons of the message. The weapons that empower the message, that strengthen the message. And the last but not the least is the works and fruit of the message. That help to dispel, that brings the mess, that the power to the gates of hell. You know, Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, which we are all quite familiar with. Let's read that one. Matthew 16, 18. It says, And I say unto you, let's read it together. I'm not feeling it. Can we say it as if we are de- making a... De- this is one of the most important declarations Christians ought to be able to make. You see, if you are able to make this declaration, it asserts your authority over the enemy. Hallelujah. And it also makes you relax or take it easy and have faith when you see the church environment Going through challenges. Hallelujah. Say it as if you believe it. Let's read it together. Hallelujah. This scripture means a lot. Let's leave out the first part about Peter, whether it is he meant Peter the man or Peter the word, the rock, the word. But let's focus on the fact that it says, I will build my church. And that church, he says, 
The gates of hell cannot prevail against that church. It means the church is a force. It means the church in reality is an army. It means the church has capacity to move. It means also the church has the capacity to dominate. It says the church is moving and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What it means is that the church is a moving entity. It's a force which is moving in the direction of the gates of hell. Now, what it means is that if I were you and I want to gain victory over hell, I will remain in the church and I will identify with the church and I will understand the church. And the mission of the church. The assignment of the church. The ident- bear with the identity of the church. Because there is some victory in the identity of the church. In the structure of the church. In the force of the church. The people that are in the church, the strength they bring together has capacity to overcome any plots of hell. So it says, so it says I will build. Jesus' duty is to build his church. It is not my duty to build. So if you, you see a crisis or a difficulty in a church, you, you say, it is Jesus' duty. So you call on Jesus. Now when Jesus has built his church, is building his church, whether local or universal, which he has built, that church, militant, they call it, is in a state of continuous progression. Hallelujah. And that progression is towards the destruction of the gates of hell. Now, the gates of hell are not physical gates. Hallelujah. The gates, as you read from the Old Testament, you see the cities of the Old Testament had gates. When you read the book of Proverbs 31, and they talk about the, the virtuous woman, they talk about the woman whose husband sits at the gates of the city. So gates represent places of authority. So when you say gates of hell, it means places of authority that conceive evil against the society, against the kingdom of God. So the the, the church has capacity to engage any group of people, spiritual or natural, that are in opposition to God's agenda. The only force institution that has a capacity, God-given capacity, authority. The courts may do their part. The regimes, military regimes may do their part. But really, if there is satanic activity, it is the institution of the church that has real capacity to engage the principalities and powers and their deeds. Hallelujah. Let me explain further. You there is an ongoing debate, even in Ghana, where people say, oh, where are the laws that will help to sanitize the churches? Because some prophet has said this, that one has misbehaved that. And I was in a meeting last week where the quite senior clergy, from, organized by the Christian Council, they said it's a round table. So all the, every top clergy you, could, you know in the Christian Council, especially the Orthodox churches, was there. And some one of them was speaking, and he said, oh, uh, we have learned from Rwanda. The Rwandan case is very, very good. 
they have, the president has passed a law and the churches are being straightened. Then another man said, please, when we are talking about Ghana, let's not compare a dictatorship. Ghana is a democracy. And it taught me a lot of lessons. So I realized that the church cannot depend on secular people or the government to bring, to confront a spiritual problem like false prophets. If there are false prophecies and prophets in the land, even though the government can play its role by taxes, blah, 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 but the real game is in the, the true church. The real game, the game changer for sanity in the church really isn't going to come. I believe that in the regulations, maybe uh, uh, they talk, we talk about, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, charities commission and all these groups. We are working on them. We will, they will try. They will, they will bring some basic sanity. But the real sustainable engagement of falsehood does not lie in the hands of charity commission. Britain has had charities commission for years. But there are false prophets there. The man from Kenya or Uganda who was uh, 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 importing babies into, into UK, uh, Dia, it took them so long to, 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 to detect him. There are many false prophets operating in England. <laughs> and the law can't get them. Many people are swindling people. Falsehood, if the gates of hell are prevailing in the land of England. So, the, the real game is not in government legislation. Hallelujah. Though it helps to sanitize the system, it's not the real thing. The real thing is when the church itself, the true church, because Jesus said, I will build my church. So, when the church which has been built by Jesus, the church militant, the church which is knowledgeable, in the truth of God. The church which is connected to Jesus. The church which is, which is apostolic. Which believes in the apostolic order. Not just having a title called apostolic church. But carrying, believing in the things that the apostles believed in. And operating. What did the apostles believe in? They believed in preaching the witness in Christ. They believed in the demonstration of power. They believed in the Holy Ghost. They believed in the works of the Spirit. That's apostolic. The church apostolic. Which is the church which is built? Because when you read Ephesians 4, you see that the true church which is built says that he gave apostles, some apostles, prophets, teachers, all of them, that the church will be built. So when the church is built, and the church is now moving in this built up state, the gates of hell will not be able to what? Prevail against the church. Say amen. So, we are talking about I've jumped one, but let me go back. Let me deal with the church, the number two rather, the institution of the church. So, if we are talking about witnessing, the church is a witness of Christ's message. And when the church itself gets its role right, we are present, we are actually present, the way we, we, are, we, we, are, we are together, we are working as the body of Christ. That is in itself a threat to the power of darkness. That is presenting the power of Christ to the gates of hell. When the church puts on its right cloth, 
without spot nor wrinkle and united as a force. The church has the right structures. People are growing. People are nourished. According to Ephesians 4, nurtured by that which every joint supplies. Then we are a strong force as a witness against the enemy. When we witness, when we say, when the word witness is not just talking about when you talk. It's observation of the standards of Christ. Hallelujah. And the church is a witness by itself as an institution of the power of God. We are the custodians of the power of God. When we are, we, we are complete, let's look also at Colossians chapter 1, I think verse 17 and 18. Deals with the church and its power when it comes to witnessing. Talking about Jesus, we can start from verse 13. And he has delivered us, that is Jesus, has, the Father has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us unto the kingdom of the Son of his love. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All these things were created through him and for him. Verse, verse 17 says, And he is before all things, and in him in all things consist. Now verse 18. It says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. You see, the message of witnessing or the message of salvation, the message of preaching is to pre- pro- pronounce Jesus as the preeminence. That is the assignment of the church. To protect Jesus above all else. Hallelujah. And in the process of projecting Jesus, there is a natural competition or natural comparison. We are comparing... Jesus... In that passage we just read, he said, he is before all things. Jesus is a preeminent. And then he says that he has taken us out of the claws or the hands of dark, the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So the, the comparative issue is that we are comparing the kingdom of Christ, the Lord our God, Christ, which is represented in the church, to the kingdom of darkness that we used to be in. Hallelujah. So it is by projecting the church that you can see the difference. When the church takes a stand properly, then you can see the paleness of the shadow of the darkness, the dark world. If the church is not looking strong, then, it is you, then satanic power looks very strong. When the church is very strong, satanic power is, looks I- I- insignificant. And you can look, compare, look at the scriptures in the book of Acts. In chapter 8, when in um, the Samaria, Philip went to preach. And Simon the sorcerer was there before Philip went. Because the church was not there, the Bible said that they looked at him as somebody great. Now, when the church entered Samaria, they saw. The Bible said Peter spoke to him and said, hey, cares be you. He became an insignificant person right there because the church had appeared there. That is what Jesus meant by he, he is the light. The light shines and the darkness cannot comprehend the church. So they cannot comprehend the light. 
when the light that comes through the church appears in the territory. And when I say the church, I'm talking about a church which is in right standing. When the members, when the believers, when the body, when the institution is a witness, the way the church organizes itself, the way the church stands strong in Christ, the way the church is connected to Christ and connected to each other, it's a message. It's a message. It's a message. Everybody says it's a message. The church as an institution and our wholeness and our togetherness, our firmness and, uh, and how solid we are is a message to the gates of hell. Amen. The second thing is the message itself, the content of the message of witnessing. We are talking about how your witness, my witness, comes right to the gates of hell. Makes Satan subdues the enemy. Now, the word salvation, which we preach, that we say, are you saved? Many of us, the reason why we don't experience it, and we don't experience total transformation, and there are people that we preach you don't, because number one, many of us don't even expect what the word salvation really means. Many of us see salvation only as a tool for telling people, or sometimes some people say, frightening people into, he- into heaven. The message of salvation, the word salvation in the Greek is called soteria. It means a lot more than just somebody going to heaven. Hallelujah. But before you get to heaven, there are things that happen to your soul. And let's explain some of the things. Three things. In fact, more than three things. But let me just deal with three or four things. See, salvation, soteria, deals with deliverance. Deliverance. The, word, the root word of salvation is deliverance. Or making safe. So, yes, we are right as believers. When we say that, when somebody is saved, he is saved from the eternal judgment. That's the ultimate. But in reality, that when we take salvation as something that is need necessary from the punishment of uh, uh, Genesis 3.15, the Adamic sin, where God uh, 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 rolled out a judgment for mankind because of the sin of Adam and Eve, then we are going to something that we lost. The consequences of sin. What is sin? The consequences of sin. The source and the root of sin. Now, so salvation deals not only with the fact that the assurance that you go to heaven, but when you are saved by Christ, Christ came to break the power of sin over my life, over your life. That is why it's an abnormality when we, uh, we, uh, we, we continue to sin. Because Paul says to the Roman, uh, to the Corinthians, he says that, awake, 1 Corinthians 15, 10 verse 34, it says, awake to righteousness and sin not. It means come alive to your nature. In Galatians, he says that 
if you live, we should, we should live, if we are alive, if we, are, we live in the spirit, then we can walk in the spirit. In other words, if you are alive or sensitive and responsive to the spiritual call of the word of God, then you can walk in the spiritual things, which is the, the, the fruit of the spirit. Hallelujah. So salvation is soteria is dealing with how we get delivered. It means that we were bound by certain things. What were we bound by? We were bound by, of course, the act of sin. We are also bound by the consequences of sin. Hallelujah. Then we are also bound by the influence. The atmosphere. That's why, you see, in sin did my mother conceive me. When you come into the world, nobody teaches you to sin. You are in an environment. You are a Ghanaian. You are European. Wherever you are, sin just comes. So the power over that atmosphere of sin is given to you through salvation. Hallelujah. So, the message in itself of salvation delivers you and I from the control of, 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 of the powers of darkness. Because, you see, Satan is the source of these three things I've just mentioned. The act of sin, the consequences of sin, and the environment of sin. When I say the environment of sin, I'm talking about the influence of culture, of environment, of satanic influences, satan- uh, manipulations. Ephesians spoke, uh, speaks about that. The prince of the power of the air. So Satan has got schemes, wiles, tricks. Now when you are saved, the power of those schemes is broken over your life. Hallelujah. That is why Paul says that Therefore, sin shall have no dominion over you. Right into the Romans in chapter 6. Hallelujah. I think Romans 6.14. That sin shall have no dominion. So, it's, uh, it becomes an abnormality that continuously one is in sin. That's why grace prevails. So that we get energized, we get strengthened to walk in victory totally over sin. Say amen. So, I've said it. Number one, the institution of the church brings the message to the gate of hell. Number two, the message of salvation, the content itself, is bringing deliverance. It's also engaging the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. When I say the consequences of sin, you know John 3.36, Jesus said that, he, the word of God says, he, if you believe, you'll be saved. But if you don't believe in what will happen, eternal judgment will come. So you are saved from the consequences. That's what we normally preach. But there is other things, which is I've just explained to you. So And all these other things are, set, uh, are part of the scheme of the gates of hell. And we need to see it that way. So when you are preaching to somebody, you are not only telling him that, Oh, come and join me. I'm going to the sweet by and by. No. That's one step. But you are also telling the person that, look, with this life you are in, the message, simple message of salvation in Christ, which you, if you believe in uh, that God raised him from the dead, that God so loved you and so much and so much, so and so forth, that message, John 3.16, the, 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 the Romans 3.23, the 6.23, all of that, Romans 10, 9 and 10, all the things you are saying, the end result you should expect is that that person's submission 
through the power of sin is be broken. By the time you pray the sinner's prayer, that sin, that power of sin is broken over their life. Amen. The main, the reason why many people don't change, but we girls who are preaching many times, we are not expecting that. So we say, you are not going to start, you continue in your old way and continue, will help that girl. But if you are preaching and you know that the message of salvation you are preaching is to lead to that, you expect that. Amen. You are, so it's strange, it's abnormal. If he's still in that. Because you are saying that salvation, soteria, means deliverance. Amen. Salvation also means people that were lost have been found. Lost in what? Lost the prodigal son. Lost in, under the control of the world. Lost under the satanic influence. Lost in the world system. But now, in Christ, you have been found. So the message we preach is very, very critical to people's that we entering the, the, the throne, the gates of hell. Taking it to the enemy's gates. The third, I spoke about the weapons. Jesus preached and he taught the Jews or the, his followers. One day when he came from the Mount of Transfiguration, they were struggling with casting out a devil. And he said to them, such kind does not come except by prayer and by fasting. Hallelujah. So definitely, Jesus is teaching us something. And he cast out the devil. And the unclean spirit left the boy. This passage we read in, from Mark chapter 5, that happened. In chapter 9, and also in Luke chapter 9, the story I just mentioned, you see there. So, when demons are cast out, according to Mark 16, verse 17, he said, these signs will follow them that believe. You are a believer. You are, the way you activate that promise is through witnessing. Hallelujah. You don't activate the promise of casting out devils by sitting in your room. Amen. One of the things that we, many of us have stopped doing is praying for people and breaking the power of satanic influences over their lives, or we call deliverance, right after salvation. Even praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's a practice that is very good. When you speak to somebody about Christ and you have a time Ask them, do you have a, a, a spiritual problem? Do you have a demonic problem? Are you able to sleep well at night? Are demons sleeping with you? Are they harassing you? Are they speaking voices to you? And no matter how young you are as a Christian, when you, 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 you because the power of the gospel is not you, the word in your mouth, the power of the gospel, is able to bring deliverance. And you'll be getting to the enemy's gate. You'll be surprised. It's not something I'm, I'm saying, I've read about, I've seen. And many times, people get born again. And we think that they have to be in Christ for one year before we can deal with other issues. 
There's another year before we can deal with the Holy Ghost baptism. That's not how I, I was trained. I've not been trained that way. If I have time and I ask you, would you like to receive the Holy Ghost? We pray for you and you speak in tongues. You prophesy. That's what the scripture said. Many, we, we, because we, we, we are not bold about what the word of God says. The message of salvation comes with the power. And the power is activated by our expression of the word. And our faith in the word. As we, 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 we do fasting, we pray, and we preach the word boldly. Power is given to us. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Healing the sick is part of our message. We don't have to wait for the person to join the church and maybe one year or two years down the line when they are sick before we are praying for them. No. When you witness to somebody and the person is not well, you say like Jesus. Some of the people Jesus has been healed before he has been preached to them. Amen. Many of us today, we preach, but we don't have the confidence. We don't even feel for the people. We don't have that feeling that, oh, Satan is trying to worry this person. And, say, and we are not angry enough. Jesus saw a woman whose had, her, uh, back had been bent. He said, uh, how can... And when he healed the woman, the Jews were criticizing him. He said, how can you... He was so angry that how can you allow this daughter of Abraham to carry such a load? The load was given to her by Satan. But many of us, when we preach to people, we say, oh, that one is for an appointed time. When we have finished all our favorite, there's nine months, ten months of this, then that, and that, and that. When you preach to somebody about Christ, ask them, are you sick? James even says it. Is any sick among you? Let him ask for prayer. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Amen. And many times, God manifests. You may not always see the manifestation there and there, but sometimes they go home and they tell you, they call you overnight. They call you, this was what happened. But many of us, we are often careful. We don't want to, what? You know, I don't want to do anything that will cause embarrassment. Yours is to pray. Yours is to speak the word. It shall come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are talking about the castor devils, they will speak with new tongues here. I'm talking about also the fruit and the works of salvation. The witnessing, the fruit. When we witness as a church, I watched a movie of a man called William Carey. I don't know how many of us have heard of him. He's a British missionary. He was a Baptist pastor. He was the first man to build a university in India. And a degree award institution. And India, when you say first man to build a university, it means it's a great accomplishment. Because India, they started university not, uh, education not today. They started many, many... They are old. They are very, very old. India is a, it was one of the oldest subcontinents or, or civilizations in the world. So if... It took one, a missionary in the 18th or 19th century to go and preach to them before he built up a school. And then he also built a university. It means that he did a great thing. Because, because of their traditions, they were not open to proper formal education. 
But of all the things he did, even though he brought education, he brought the printing press to India, and so many great things he did for his part, that part of India, William Carey. He has, they have a university named after him in uh, Los Angeles. Very big Christian university. Now, William Carey, because of the gospel, was able to stop what they call a practice in India, which was called sati. If Pastor Jacob was here, he would, he would confirm what I'm saying. Sati was a practice where if a, rich, a man died, especially if he was a big man, they would burn the wife live. The, the way how our chiefs die, and they also say that they have to cut somebody's head. They add. <laughs> the same way, but as for them, they will burn you live in the open. They will take the widow, and then they will pour oil on things on you, and the Hindus, they will sacrifice you live. It took William Carey and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It wasn't a joke. His house got bent at certain times. His son, his child got bitten by a tiger. I saw it in the movie. And many things happened to him. But eventually, that practice was, um, ab- ab- what do you call it, aborted. Abolished in, 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 in India. Because of the gospel. Hallelujah. If you take even our own home. Here in Ghana. In Africa. Many practices. We know all of them. Many zones. Neighborhoods. Territories. Where people were doing very evil things. When the message of Christ. Witnessing. I read about David Wilk, David Livingston in Zambia. And they said that he, after all the evangelism, he won only one chief in the modern day Zambia area. Or Zanzibar, somewhere there. He won the one. All, when you read about it, you think that he was, he had so many souls. No, he didn't have many. He will win. It was not an easy thing for him. But that one soul of a chief or a king led to the revival of, I mean, the, 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 the spread of Christ and truth in the whole of southern African region. And to date, he died over there because of malaria. He was a doctor, but malaria killed him. And he had a cure for malaria. He cured many people from malaria, but the same thing, he cured people from killed him. When you go to Glasgow, you see a huge statue of him and all his history is there. David Livingston. I think he was from Edinburgh also. The point I'm making is that the message of Christ, the witness of Christ, transforms societies. And when the societies are transformed, the power of the enemy, through rituals, through practices, through things, institutions, that are not progressive, that takes man into the hands of Satan, are broken. Hallelujah. The dominance of many by a few. When people open, they get to know the truth and realize that, ah, it's not fair that one man must eat and so many hungry. 
So people begin to have a, a different attitude. That let us share. Let us open our doors. Let us be a blessing. There's no difference between black and white. All of these things have come. The world is where it is today, by and large, because the witness of the gospel. As people have been witnessed to, as kings have been witnessed to, as, as political people, authorities have been witnessed to, the church, through education, through the health, through all the institutions that we have, one way or the other, have proven as a witness through our charitable works, have been a witness to the world. Not just witness, but has brought, has broken the power of Satan and the gates of hell. Tonight, I don't intend to talk much further. This time I'm trying to change my, my style. Hallelujah. I hope I repent and God will help me. Because I'm taking counsel. Some people, are, I have a, some counselors who have been helping me. And they said that I should cut my message and then pray more. So I'm going to cut my message. Amen. But tonight, before we leave here, if you don't remember anything at all, remember that the message of salvation which we preach, the witness message, is loaded. Everyone says loaded. And because it's loaded, it's loaded with power over any power of the enemy. Hallelujah. The institution which is carrying the message of witnessing is also loaded. The church, which is an institution, we are loaded who? We are loaded. We are, we are the people who don't see we are loaded. But the, Jesus, uh, you see, Jesus is not physically here. But Jesus enters an atmosphere. And suddenly, the, the demons are manifesting. Why? Because he was loaded. My friend, trying to establish a church in a village in the outskirts of Akachi. And the people said, no, we don't want you to come here. We like our idolatry like that. Why? Because the church, the institution, is loaded. It's loaded. When the church is functioning well in its power with Jesus enveloping the Holy Ghost. Look, didn't you read in the scriptures in Acts chapter 5? The people, they, they said, and great fear came upon the people because of the church. When they, they saw Peter and John and others, the, the town people, they feared because the church, the institution, the, the mother of those people is looted. The church is looted. It's loaded with wisdom. Supernatural wisdom which confounds the powers and the wisdom of the world. That's the, we are prevailing against the gates of hell. The Solomonic wisdom, the Daniel-like wisdom, which it enters the gates of hell. It causes hell to submit. The church is looted. The institution of church, we are loaded. We, we, we are, when we are strong, when we are fortified, when we are together, when we are supplying each other and the gifts are manifesting and everybody is doing what they have to do, my dear, my brother, my sister, we are such a witness against the gates of hell. We have not fully, we, have, we, we, are, we are like a car which has five gears, which is operating in first gear and traveling 300 miles, just making noise. When you move into the third 
and the fourth and the fifth gear, you see the car really has power. Especially if it's a turbo. I'm not really into cars. But I know that turbo cars, they are not joke. If it's, especially if it's an Italian-made car or a German machine, not an American one. American cars don't run fast. German machine. Italian machine. Lamborghini. When you meet them, because they know how to go the food. But the church has got the energy of Lamborghini, but we are moving like for, uh, uh, what do you call uh, the other one? The Bedford. We are moving like Bedford. <laughs> you know Bedford. The, the young ones they don't even know Bedford. USC car. Now you know the Chinese truck. They, they've come to take over the Bedford Sun truck, Sunny truck or Sun truck, whatever. But in those days, Bedford, Olidade, and those ones, eh? Mordin Sani. You see, you used to see that, eh? Labadi cars, Olidade, Labadi Trotter, Beach Road. Those cars, they don't have capacity, they don't run fast. But when you bring a Ferrari, a friend of mine in America has, he's, he's into those things, those cars, sports cars. And on the motor, he said, Oh, Emmanuel, let me try a small. But please. When he moves, quick, quick. He's moving at 180, so I'm just, this having started. He hasn't started. When he starts, you don't know how it is. It's, it's like wind. And the church is like that. But we tottering along. But tonight, may God make you that one that will strengthen the church. Amen. So that our witness as a body, Jesus gave us a witness, said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for them. That is the witness of the church. John thirteen thirty five. That is the witness of the church. The apostolic structure hooked on to Jesus. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22, 21. It shows you the apostolic the foundation of the church. When the church is solidly planted in Christ, then you are, you are flying. The gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. When we put on the weapons, the church is strong. Our witness is strong. But for you and I individually, if for nothing at all, your understanding of the salvation message and expectation, you can have an understanding but not an expectation. Many of us, we have the worst, but we don't have an expectation. That's why we don't pray for people who are sick when we witness to them. That's why we don't cast out devils when we witness to people. That's why we don't expect people to be delivered. We just talk, we just go for spiritual law, for principle, blah, 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 blah. Okay, can you, so can you take the sinner's prayer? There, Lord, you say, you don't, you don't, many people don't expect any, even when we are witnessing, we don't know, we don't expect people to manifest where demons are thrown. No. A few times I've been out with people, I've been to wireless over here, the school there, and at the, the young boys were playing soccer, after witnessing, I said, let me, Minister to you. 
And come and see manifestation. Demonic. Small boys playing football. Demons are there. So such a person, when somebody irritates you small, no, you take a knife. There is a demon. There are demons there. Anger. Bad temperament. Bad behavior. They are there. But you see them happy jumping on the grounds. You think they are happy. They are not happy. The demons of their homes are chasing them. So when you witness to them, pray for them, cast out the devils, so that they don't go home and repeat the same things. And that will be taking the battle to the enemy's gates. When we, when we, you say, do you mind if I, do do you love to receive the Holy Ghost? Say yes. Okay. You are believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Acts chapter 10. Cornelius. And his household. Peter, whilst he was preaching, Jesus, the Holy Ghost didn't wait for Peter to pray for them. There and then, say, say, the Bible says, while Peter yet spoke, the Holy Ghost came upon them, as on us at the beginning. What happened at the beginning, Acts chapter 2? They spoke in tongues and prophesied. So, why are you not expecting people to speak in tongues and prophesy the day you witness to them? When you do that, there will be, the power of God will come upon them. They will reject the power of Satan and they will live for Christ boldly. But when you are just there, you think that, oh, my job is just say the first prayer, the prayers, and after that, I'll finish. The next time I'll tell you about how you go to heaven. The next time I'll tell you, about, there may not be time for that. Change your spirit, your, your, your paradigm and expectation. Change your expectation. Whenever you witness, take the witness to the camp of the enemy in totality. Don't be timid about the witness. Be happy and be joyful and be bold about the thing you are preaching. When you preach, tell the person to expect a miracle. If they tell you that their demons are sleeping with them, tell them, I promise you tonight by the grace of God, the power of the enemy is broken. Pray with them. Satan cannot control them. But if you go and pray, you, you, are, you, are, you yourself, you are not sure. And you say, oh, some, somebody taught me that. As for demons, when you cast them out, you are not careful. You too, the one who cast them out, they will come after you. So me, I don't want trouble. That one, I'll call this so-so, brother, so-so-and-so, a prayer one. No! If you are in a village and that brother, so-so-and-so is not there, what will you do? Amen. Please rise to your feet. Let's sing together. Thy kingdom come, O Lord. Where is the organist? Please play for us as we sing this song and then we'll pray. Oh, play it boldly so that we can enjoy the song. It's a very militant song. Let's sing it with all the energy we have in our hearts before we pray. Thy kingdom come, O God. Thy rule, O Christ, begin. Break with thy iron rod, the tyrannies of sin. Where is thy reign of peace? Purity and love. When shallow hatred sees, I see the realms above. When comes the promised star? 
shall be no more. Oppression, let the crime shall be thy faith before. We pray thee, Lord, arise and come in thy great might. Revive our longing eyes which language for thy sight. Last verse. Arise, O morning star. Oh, land afar, thick darkness through the jet. Arise, O morning star, arise and never set. Arise, O morning star, arise and never set. You see what the scripture said, the song says, over heaving lands afar, thick darkness. When Jesus appears in those places, like I gave you the example of India, in Africa, even in America, the native Indians, they were doing all kinds of devilish things until the gospel appeared there. Hallelujah. So we are saying, Lord, as you are, you are brood over the nation, brood over our communities, even in Ghana, there are communities that are still in darkness. In the city of Accra, there are, there are, there are corners and areas. That we can't even talk about. We want to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, grant your people the grace to be a witness. Let your church rise up as a witness against evil, against the works of darkness. In our families, let your word, let your servants, let your children be a witness in the name of Jesus. In our towns and cities, in our university campuses, on our campuses, in our high schools. Oh Lord, let your word and your people be a witness. Let the church be a witness against the works of darkness in the name of Jesus. Talk to God, somebody. Say, Lord, make me a witness against the works of darkness. Against the powers of darkness. Against the, 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 the gates of hell. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Tell the Lord, Lord my God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Without the feeling of the Holy Ghost, we cannot demonstrate the power of the Lord 
when we go witnessing uh, oh and they were filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and they went out witnessing everywhere we pray oh Lord uh, fill us afresh oh Lord uh, Lord revive your church with the power of the Holy Ghost uh, restore unto us oh Lord uh, any grace uh, any gift uh, oh Lord uh, any dullness that has come upon us oh Lord uh, kindle again let your fire come in our lives uh, in the name of Jesus any door that we are shut to you oh Lord uh, we pray that it be opened uh, let mercy oh from your presence oh Lord uh, flow to your people uh, revive your church uh, once again uh, oh that your church will be stronger uh, that your church will be fortified uh, oh Lord uh, being a witness uh, I want to be that channel uh, I want my brother to be that channel uh, my sister to be that channel uh, in the name of Jesus that none will be weak among us in the name of the Lord Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Jesus Lord my God we desire to be a witness Lord to persevere Lord with your word with your truth and to engage oh Lord even in the corridors of the enemy, and to overcome. In the name of Jesus, empower your church once again. Refresh your church once again. Revive your work once again. In the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, fill us anew. Embolden us, O Lord, as we step out. May our lives be a witness. May our unity together in you be a witness. May us and our understanding of the church and the message be a witness where we go. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats for a moment. Hallelujah. Want to take these announcements. Sunday school. Next Sunday school will continue lesson 18, stewardship. The lesson text is from 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 21. And in our lesson, we are learning that believers are stewards under God of all they own, all they are, and all they can become. Hour of strength. Hour of strength prayer service comes off this Friday at 6.30 p.m. And it will be held in the main auditorium. All members are entreated to attend. Then water baptism. There will be water baptism by immersion on Saturday the 20th of April 2019 at 6.30 a.m. at the Ark Temple. Members who have not been baptized by immersion should kindly register at the church office or with Sister Felicity Brunia. Preparatory classes will be held on the 2nd, the 9th, and 19th of April 2019. The time is 6.30 p.m. and the venue is the Shepherd's Hall. Evangelistic Service Our first evangelistic service for the year is on the 24th of March 2019 and this will be during